Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I think hearing morning Wani always is instructive. I come from a school now, going back to Jimmy, that we never hired anybody unless one of the inner circle personally worked with this guy. We always did everything together. No outsiders ever. Jimmy's the boss. But I'll just say this. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. Now that's it. That's all I gotta say. Frankly, I'm depressed and ashamed. And I think Dave is the consigliere, right? He's the number two. You know me. Yeah, I'm more behind the scenes. All I ever wanted was to carve out a little piece enjoy some grandkids. I love working with you guys and the score to be up here in Chicago with my grandkid. Tony Wise is spider, right? Well, no, I no. Mean... Tony Wise, I think he might be like the enforcer. The enforcer, like... the go-get-stuff-done <laughs> go guy. Yeah. The NCAA calls up both ex-FBI guys, and they say, we want to talk to Tony Wise. And they have a lawyer. And our attorney, who's still my attorney, Nick Christian. So what do I owe you, counselor? You'll pay me when I actually have to do something. Let's hope that day never comes, right? So North Turner a captain. North Turner's a captain. North Turner, one of the better offensive play callers in football. Making you a captain. Butch Davis. It was Jimmy, myself, Tony, Butch Davis. No more Butchie. No more of this. Who's Whitey? <laughs> yeah. Seems to be involved in every crime in the city. Maybe Whitey isn't so squeaky clean. Artie Bucco, like his friend who's like, he's definitely like made money off of Dave. Joey DeBono's coming down here from Tofano's restaurant up here in Chicago. Joey's a member. Look, let's just we'll wipe my tab at the restaurant. Texans are saying that Jerry Jones is Uncle Junior. Like he deserves the respect and he once was the boss. Oh, but yeah. He, every, everybody knows he's losing it. The bottom line is I heard bells. I'll tell you what, you go upstairs, you look for your teeth. I'm going to fix you something to eat. I had a banana in there. This is our best work here. Tony Wise was down there with us and a couple other guys I won't get into. Give me a call back on an outside line. One, one, two, three. And here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. It's a masterpiece. There's really nothing else to say. It is some of his finest work. He is Chris Tannehill. He was made 
to make that open. Yeah, I think so. I think that was just spoon-fed directly into the audio machine. Audio machine. And Tanny churned it out. So, I'm going to, I know on the front end that I make fun of Bernstein for reading on the air. And I'm about to read some stuff on the air. Ooh, is this a... uh... is, is, is it's this not a, Joshi. It's not a Joshian newsletter? This from Stonecutter. <laughs> right. right. I There's realize forensic accounting research that needs to be done. Wow. Wow. <laughs> he got really excited about wow. that from Josh Lucas. Is this a Greg Doyle column on Steve it, Alford? Is that what not, this is? No. No, it's none of those things. And I also <laughs> know that I love that Mike Francesa clip uh-huh. of him just shouting numbers into the ether because it's impossible to explain it. 1734. 112, 129, 101, 126, 148, 116, 152, 117, 103. Ah! Okay. That's you. That's a great pre-sell by you. I'm looking forward to this. I I want those two caveats out of the way that I know this goes against a couple of things that I often make fun of, and I also know that it's the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to relax, and I'm going to decompose for a little while. Okay, you decompose. Okay. I just thought that this thread and this data was so worthwhile to the conversation that we have about what Ryan Poles' decision is, drafting a quarterback at one, the hit rate. People say, well, you could, they get it wrong so often at quarterback. There's, it, it, he could bust. Yeah, there's, okay. there's lots of stuff out there how the first quarterback in the draft is very often not the best quarterback in that draft. That's the one I'm seeing a lot with some good evidence to back that one up. So here is Dave Klug from uh, at Football Guys on, on Twitter. I, he said, I poured over the last 30 years of first-round quarterback data and found out that drafting at number one overall gives teams overwhelmingly better odds at finding success for their franchise. My gut told me all top 10 pick quarterbacks would work out the same, but the data painted a very different picture. Quote, success, end quote, is an arbitrary term and can have a lot of different definitions, so I chose five benchmarks that could indicate success. A 4,000-plus yard passing season, a 30-plus touchdown season, 80-plus career starts, winning a playoff game, and making a Pro Bowl. How do you feel about those as benchmarks for success? 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, making a Pro Bowl. Winning a playoff game, making 80 starts or more in a career. Yeah, that's. I mean, so if all of those, so he's it's, not going to do all it, of them, he's going to do each one, right? He, at any of them. Accomplish, okay. Accomplishing any of them. But I, mean, is, so, I, I, I think it's good. I think you gotta you got to start somewhere, so I'm not going to rip on it too much. I, this is where I do point out that Mitch Trubisky went to the Pro Bowl. Just pointing so, that out. Correct, but never had a 4,000-yard season, never had 30 touchdowns, never won a playoff game, never made close to 80 starts. Yes. So, right, like, if just one of those things, of course it can be an outlier, but the idea is, you know, your your chances at hitting in these directions. I'm fine with those as the choices. I think 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 they're – I agree. I think they're fine choices. Uh, Quarterbacks drafted number one overall, there have been 20 of them, in the last 30 years hit those benchmarks, he says, at an astonishing rate. Of those number one overall picks, 70% have had a 4,000-yard passing season. That was, that's a huge number to me. Yeah, it is. That's huge because 4,000 is a, is a big deal. Throwing for 30 or more touchdowns, 45%. Making 80 starts or more, 81%. Winning a playoff game, 70%. 
making a Pro Bowl 70%. Bryce Young, Jamarcus Russell, David Carr, and Tim Couch are the only busts by these standards. Obviously, Bryce Young just one year into his NFL career. So Jamarcus Russell, David Carr, and Tim Couch would be the busts who hit none of the five. So that includes, like, Jameis Winston. Um, oh, yeah. Right, includes some. I mean, because, yeah. I, mean, I mean, so so then he goes to the next one. I mean, so you get you give Jameis Winston. Uh, let, me, J- let me pause for a second and go back. Jameis Winston has done all five of them, by the way. Right. But, but like, uh, the highest, that high percentage of 80 starts is is interesting. It's compelling. Because I want to say that means, like, there's longevity for those guys in general. Of course, they are getting a lot of chances. But 80 starts is a lot of starts, man. Wow. Well, that's why it was a benchmark of success. If you're Mm -hmm. good enough to start 80 games, you've got to be pretty damn good. You get get a second contract. A team believes in you. You've shown enough promise and all that. So, again, to, to pick up the thread, and this is... He says, as you can see in this chart, which you can't on the radio, but eight of the 16 eligible quarterbacks hit every one of those marks. While Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray are still too early in their careers to have done so, they will likely join the others within the next few years. So eight of the 16 quarterbacks have hit all five of those benchmarks. Burrow, Lawrence, and Kyler are on the way. Though the eight guys who have done all uh, five of the benchmarks. And again, that's 4,000-yard season, 30 touchdowns, 80 games started, win a playoff game, make a Pro Bowl, number one picks in the last 30 years at quarterback. It is Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Eli Manning, Carson Palmer, and Peyton Manning. So those are the eight that have hit all five of the benchmarks that Dave put out with Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray likely to get there sooner or later. He says, looking at quarterbacks drafted 2 through 32. So in the last 30 years, quarterbacks drafted anywhere else in the first round, there have been 63 total. He says the hit rates plummet. Chance at a 4,000-yard season, 25%. And this is a bigger sample, obviously. But obviously still first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25%, 4,000-yard season. 30-plus touchdowns, 24%. 80-plus starts, 35%. Win a playoff game, 38%. Make a Pro Bowl, 33%. He says only Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Dante Culpepper checked all the boxes. And he says you'd think that trimming down to top 10 and top 5 picks would help, but it doesn't. And then he gives the numbers of picks 2 through 10 and 2 through 5. And just... Just do two through five. So a top five pick at quarterback that isn't number one overall. 26% had a 4,000-yard season. 22% had a 30-touchdown season. 39% made 80 or more starts. 35% won a playoff game. And 43% made the Pro Bowl. That's good work. That's good work. That's good research. Um, That's pretty interesting. I like that he went through the whole first round and then trimmed it down to 10 and 5. Um I think having a consensus that my, so my takeaway from that is this this position that's so incredibly difficult to pick and is full of failure all over the draft when it is a no doubt consensus number 1 overall your chances are better because more minds 
have have gotten there than just yours, Mr. Ryan Pace. Well, you can worry about groupthink in that, obviously, and there are obviously busts at number one overall at quarterback. He mentions a couple, right? Tim Couch, Jamarcus Russell, we, we, David Carr. There obviously are. It, it is not without risk, but all of this has risk, right? I mean, the Jets acquired Aaron Rodgers, a four-time league MVP. Ruptures his Achilles, is a distraction, 40 years old. They're, they're one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Risk. There was risk for Tampa acquiring Brady. Ended up paying off. But there's risk with all of these guys. It's football. Any, anything can happen. We, we talked about it yesterday. Jalen Hurts was hit his 50 million plus per year contract hasn't even kicked in yet now people are debating if the guy's good mm-hmm. and he might be getting a coach fired one year after putting up 35 points in a super bowl so there's risk in there's risk in keeping fields there's risk in drafting caleb williams but it does seem like the least risky way to acquire a quarterback that you would label a franchise guy is drafting him number one overall. And then it presumably, to your point, gets even less risky the higher the degree of the prospect themselves, right? Like, Jameis Winston checked all five of those boxes. No one would say he solved Tampa's issues at quarterback. Right. But no one would say that Jameis Winston is close to the caliber of prospect as Caleb Williams. I mean, it's almost always a quarterback at number one now. I, you know, it, it doesn't mean that it's the same level of prospect. Correct. Each, each each time. I mean, other than Miles Garrett and, you know, the occasional, was it was it Lane Johnson who was kind of the default number one as a tackle? Do, do I have that right? Or was Eric it Fisher. Eric Fisher? That's right. Same year. Same year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eric Fisher, Lane Johnson, and Luke Jokel were yeah. the three tackles who went in the top four. Right. So with Deion Jordan but, uh, as the DM. Yeah. But it's almost always uh, always a quarterback now. But no, I, I think that's I think that's valuable stuff. I, I think. Uh, Look, it, I, 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 at this point, I really do believe it's going to happen unless they find something that troubles them on the personal side and the scouting side. And Josh Lucas was really good in talking about that today on um, on Burnsy and Holmes with Layla sitting in. But, you know, it, it, what, what's interesting is that it, it, it's sort of it's kind of getting forgotten, maybe to some in the conversation all they got to do is pick the guy. They don't have to trade up. Like the whole idea of having the two ones as the safety blanket or the safety valve or security blanket is more really what I'm trying to say. What did you call it? <laughs> safety blanket. It's okay. I think you said caveats earlier. We all say the open mouth say things. It happens in the world. But the, uh, it, the uh, whole idea of having the two ones as the security blanket in a, in a just improvement year was that maybe they could trade up. Now they don't. They don't even have to do that. All no, they got, it's one pick for one guy. All they got to do is just sit there and take the guy. It's 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 incredibly obvious and easy to a lot of people who are not attached to it. Frankly, emotionally. Right. Yes, exactly. And I get why it is difficult for those that are attached to it. You bought his jersey. You rooted for him. He's exciting. He's good. He's going to go somewhere else and start. Mm -hmm. He improves. And it does feel a little unfair. Like, oh, my God. They drafted this likable kid who's crazy talented and has persevered through Matt Nagy and Luke Getze and uh, a dead cap season in a a teardown where they were tanking intentionally. 
uh, and Matt Eberflus and distraction and only having one good wide receiver, and he still was impressive and made incredible plays, and now they're going to get rid of him for a guy who could bust? It doesn't seem fair. Like I, I get why Bears fans have some attachment to fields and some fear of Caleb swinging and missing. It's it's but not, if you it's, detach yourself from the the sentiments to Justin, I do think it's pretty straightforward. It's not fair. Let's go ahead and say it. It is not fair. It is the nature of a complicated business where you have to make a decision after year three or year four if you really wanted to wait. And the salary cap ramifications are so massive. And they happen to be sitting on the number one pick. And, oh, by the way, the timeline was all screwed up because of of Bears' structure. And Matt Nagy threw him out there to get sacked nine times against Cleveland. I mean, it's, it's not fair. I, I, I can thoroughly acknowledge it, but it is the reality of this of the the situation. I, you know, there was a moment when we talked about it. God, I don't know, man, maybe months ago, and I think you had not you had not fully gotten to the out on Justin place, but you said, man, sometimes you just run out of time, and that has like kind of kept rolling through my head, and we have these conversations sometimes because that's what feels like. Like it's like it's happened because they have the number one pick. He's well, and, he's run and, out well, of time. That, that, that's the thing. Like, so if that was a few months ago when I said that, now they've got the one. That's what makes it a no brainer. They don't. That only got locked in what week seventeen, where it was actually like fully locked in with two weeks to go in the mm-hmm. season that they that they had it. So that was the other thing. Like it was it was that's a huge variable here in in how this was going to end up. Carolina had five. Like, I made this point on the show Sunday morning, the Parkins playoff show that I'm doing through through the NFL playoffs, like, after C.J. Stroud had the crazy game that he had last Saturday. Like, Ryan Poles said that he doesn't think that he misevaluated Stroud because the Bears are in a better position having D.J. Moore, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, and the, the number one pick uh, and the future two from Carolina. And I get the argument that he's making. Because if Ryan Poles called up Houston today and said, hey, I'll trade you DJ Moore, Tyreek Stevenson, Darnell Wright, the number one pick, and next year's two for C.J. Stroud, Houston would think about it. They'd think about it. Because that's an incredible amount of assets, and it's the rights to draft Caleb Williams. But they would say no, because they have C.J. Stroud. They have the guy. Mm. They'd say no, but they'd think about it. But if Carolina if Carolina, Carolina, Carolina would do it. Carolina would do, but I'm saying Houston. I'm saying I know, Houston. I know. But it, but if you if they if if Carolina would have won a few of those three point games, including one of them which was to the Bears, by the way, and instead of that pick being the number one pick, it was the sixth pick, and Ryan Poles called Houston and said, "Ah, my bad, I messed up on Stroud. Uh, I'll give you the sixth overall pick. Carolina's two next year. Tyreek Stevenson, Darnell Wright, and DJ Moore. Houston would laugh them off the phone." They'd hang up. They wouldn't even think about it. So Poles got lucky that he missed on Stroud, and then Carolina gifted him the number one overall pick. If they gifted him the seventh overall pick, we would be wondering what their path was to getting a franchise quarterback. But they got it landed in their lap. Yeah. Well, what we'd be doing in his lap. What what we'd be doing if they had seven and nine? Yeah. It's interesting because what we'd be doing is figuring: okay, what wide receiver and what edge rusher? Is there 
and, tackle. Or or tackle or, ta- or tackle, although we might we'd still have the same kind of Braxton Jones conversation, so I'd still lean wide receiver and edge rusher. And we'd be like, all right, and who's the right offensive coordinator? Too bad it's four and four in, in three years, but you know, three and four three years, and four I years. should say, for Justin Fields. But let's find the right fit for him. And we'd be considering the Greg Romans of the world. We'd be having that conversation and trying to help Justin Fields get right before they have to make the decision. The reason I would think that left tackle would be back as a viable viable option in the top 10 is because if you were sticking with Fields, you would know that you would need to do every like you would want to have your Trent Williams if you could find him. You know, you'd, you would need you wouldn't want to have replacement level left tackle. You'd want excellent because you would know that you needed more to to prop up your quarterback. It would it would be there and it's just now it doesn't have to be that way and you have the cleanest possible path to getting it right at quarterback it's not a guarantee there's still a million ways it could go wrong but there's the fewest ways it could go wrong compared to all the other paths uh that you could go down and one more stretch of numbers that I'll that I'll throw at you here a lot of people. Can we have Mike Francesa read him? Is that, is that said 112, 129, yeah. 101, 126, 148, yeah. 116, 152, 117, 103. You know what's amazing is that actually is the stretch of numbers that Danny was going to read. It's, exactly it's incredible. It. It's incredible. The, the, the happenstance of him getting that right. So decompose a little bit. <laughs> Just a De- little. Got to do it a little bit. I, I don't think I decomposed so far during this segment, though. Go ahead. Um. If you want to build with Justin, I feel like I am comfortable in saying that everybody says trade down and still draft Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Would you agree that that is the most popular build around Justin plan? Yes. Like, like trade down, but but get the surefire wide receiver, right? Sure. Trade down to four or something. Because I think the, the fact that – is it Arizona that's three or Arizona that's four? Arizona's three. It, yeah. Uh, no, I thought Arizona's no, no. four. Oh, right, yeah. It, it's, it's, because it's quarterback, it's, it's Washington, quarterback. Washington, New England. Yeah, it's yeah, Washington, New England. There's yeah. no way to know. Yeah, no, you'd have Washington. to yeah, – yeah, but you because Arizona's going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. and just, you know, enjoy, enjoy the next Larry Fitzgerald for the next decade. Probably, but the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, maybe Justin Jefferson – he was the 22nd pick in the draft. All of the wide receivers who are mm-hmm. dominating and still a lot, you know, in, in these play like C.D. Lamb, just eliminated. He was the 17th pick in the draft. Puka Nakua, 177. Cooper Cup, 69. Romeo Dobbs, 132nd pick. Chris, Christian Watson, 34th. Debo, 36th. Brandon Ayuk, 25th. Amon Ross St. Brown, 112. Tank Dell, 69th pick. Nico Collins, 89th pick. Zay Flowers, 22nd pick. Hey, man, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I said that about about Marvin, uh, you know, when we were talking about him during the college football season. He's unbelievable. He's clearly amazing. But they, there are so many great wide receivers, and every year there seems to be an incredible class. I and mean, we were talking about Atlanta earlier. Drake London is as good as any young wide receiver in the NFL. Just nobody talks about him because he's playing there for inferior quarterbacks. There, there are great guys everywhere. And if you have C.J. Stroud... He takes Tank Dell, the 69th pick, and Nico Collins, the 89th pick, and he puts up 45 points. And I know Tank Dell didn't even play in the game Mm -hmm. against the number one pass defense in the NFL. So, yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be good in the NFL. Maybe he'll even be great. But if you draft him at four, that is – it's happened before. I mean, Amari Cooper was four. I think Julio was six. 
Uh, Keyshawn obviously was number one, but that was in 1996. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you are in terms of asset allocation for a position, you are bucking a serious trend by doing that, as opposed to taking a quarterback at one and banking on him being great. I think it's, I just think it's the obvious obvious move on the chessboard. And by the way, every quarterback left in the playoffs is a first round pick, except for Brock Purdy. Jared Goff, first overall. Baker, first overall. C.J. Stroud, two. Josh Allen, seven. Mahomes, 10. Jordan Love, 26. Lamar, 32. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Pretty well, crazy. It is pretty amazing. I mean, Baker Mayfield, anybody could have had. It's a $2 million deal. It's no, I amazing. know. I'm just saying in terms of, like, the, the pedigree of the player when they came Yeah, out. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so just, just fairly remarkable. Some big-time analysts on the station, uh, one on the station today and others making the rounds on Caleb Williams we'll get to, and then uh, an all-timer from one of our friends at the station that we'll end the show with. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mango. Afternoons on the score. But I'm, I'm just saying it. Uh, I, I know how this goes. you got three months where Fields is going to be doing nothing, and you got three months where Caleb Williams is going to be on tour around the National Football League, <laughs> and this kid's a sharp kid. So get ready. Oh, I'm ready, Coach. I'm born ready. This is exciting times for the Chicago Bears. Do you want to hear speaks from Caleb himself about a very important topic in Chicago, or do you want to hear one of the top draft analysts on Caleb Williams? We'll do both, but just which would you prefer first? Uh, let's hear let's hear the top draft analyst, because he's been pretty consistent on this, and I think this is the latest time it's it's gotten out there. I, I look forward to hearing both. Here is Daniel Jeremiah on the situation Ryan Poles faces with Caleb Williams. I think it'll be Caleb Williams. Uh, I do. I, and I went back and uh, over the last week, I've kind of been watching going through quarterbacks. And when I went back and, and watched him, uh, I had done the early season stuff where the, the schedule wasn't as daunting and he was having a ton of success as he had the, the entire year uh, in 22. And then, and, you know, a bunch has been made about his numbers down the stretch this year and the quality of opponent. And he didn't play as well. And when I went and watched it, Rich, I came away thinking, you know what, that is uh, one of the worst interior offensive lines I've seen in a long time. Uh, he, They were rushing three and getting immediate pressure on him. He was under duress constantly, which did lead to him forcing some things. There were some bad habits that creeped in there. But I came away with the totality of, of studying him, thinking this guy has got some rare ability, man. He has got an unbelievable amount of horsepower in terms of how he can generate uh, velocity with his arm, what he can do with the force with his legs, uh, the creativity we all know about. I just think, you know, every quarterback has some risk. Do I wish he, you know, played on time a little bit more? Sure. But I, I think you can, and Mahomes is the greatest example of that. You can kind of corral that without taking away that magic. And I think he's a, I think he's a rare, rare talent. And I, I just can't see the Chicago Bears bypassing that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, Add him to the list, right? Oh, yeah, and he's he's been out there before. It's interesting. I mean, I, I want to find out, and it'll be difficult for us to find out and really ever know, but I want to find out if any of the decay of the play and some of the numbers during the course of the year if it had anything at all to do with a loss of focus or, you know, a readiness for the draft or distractions of money and endorsements and all that stuff, and I have no idea. I, I have absolutely no idea, but that's the kind of stuff I'd be digging around to try and find because I think the on-field stuff and his skill set, as Jeremiah told you there, it's it's completely undeniable. Yeah, you know, and I, it's funny. He says, like, the, one of the worst interior offensive lines 
and then I'd like him to play on schedule a little bit more. I, like if, if he had said that on our show, the obvious follow-up question was, would be like, well, how many times were there opportunities for him to play on schedule that he didn't? Or was it a product of the bad interior offensive line, right? Like if there's always someone in your face and you've got to scramble, uh, scramble and improvise and all of those things. Uh, and I haven't watched every game in full uh, to be able to answer that, that question. <laughs> but he did weigh in on a podcast and I have it uh, right here, the Momentum podcast. And this is this is not recent, so this is not since the Bears have locked in the number one overall. Pick. Is this from twelve years ago as well? Is this no, as no, old no, no, as no. Ruben Spiegel? No, no, no. You this sure? Is, is Mike Fratello in no, this clip? No, I can't verify it. He's speaking in front of a California state flag, so I think it's relatively recently, but it yeah, could okay. be at least a couple of years old. Uh, yeah, the Momentum pod, you guys aren't fans, or uh, what's going on? Don, they don't, they don't kiss each other's fannies on that show. I know that. Is, is Governor no. is Governor Ronald Reagan there uh, represented on the flag? Great and, library. <laughs> surprising. Hmm. Uh, yeah, this looks like a college kid in a, on, a, on a podcast. So I think he's at USC. But uh, here is Caleb Williams weighing in on, that's right, deep dish pizza. Chicago's pizza, though, is fire. Oh, oh no way. I can't do that. What? Deep dish? No, 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 no. No, trust me. The tomatoes. <laughs> he said, if I no, want no, a tomato no, no. soup, I would ask no, for no, tomato no, no, soup. No, no. I'm saying there's this deep dish pizza, and it's like a big old slab of pe- or, uh, sausage on top of the pizza. That's nasty. That's no, 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 no. Trust me. It's fire. Wait, really? I'd be down to try it. Where is that? D.C.? Uh, they have one. In, they probably have some in D.C. They probably have some here, obviously, yeah. but they got them. They got them in yeah. Chicago. They're fire. So, so that's that's Caleb is the one saying that it's fire. That, that it's it's fire. all the that same he... person talking about pizza, apparently. Yeah, they all sound the same. They all sound the same. They totally do. Yeah, Danny, I totally get it. That kid is electric. Wow. Right. Yeah, draft him. On the field, Shane. And, and his buddy who thinks our deep dish pizza is tomato soup. Soup, yeah. yeah. Never, never, never once been described as that. No, I no, agree no. it's a casserole. It's kind of heavy. I don't like deep dish that much, hey, but if, it's not a soup. If I, want, if I wanted a bowl of cheese, I'd get a bowl of cheese. But right. still, yeah. I like I, when it's good, I like it. Well, you sure. guys, you'd be knocking them if like, they were like, no, that's not good. You'd be like, oh, you're right, guys. It's not good. I'm sorry. I even said that. Yeah. You want a guy with conviction now, and his beliefs. He said it's got the sausage, like the slab of it right on top. That's the sausage patty from, from Gino's East. That's what he's talking about. Uh, right? I, I think he's probably talking about Lou's, right? But what would be in Does Gino's East also have the patty? Oh, yes. A slab across the whole thing? Yeah, underneath uh, underneath the whole thing. Yeah. What would be in D.C.? Because he said there was one in D.C. where he grew up. So Gino's is probably I think there, Gino's right? is, is probably it. Yeah. There's probably a Gino's in D.C. We've gotten to the bottom of this. Yeah, Danny, you, you take care of some of the, uh, the 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 football opinionating, and we'll take care of some of the no, pizza stuff. I mean, I'm with you on on all of it. Uh, I I think it's becoming vogue for Chicagoans to be like, oh, we don't like deep dish pizzas just for tourists. Like, yeah, they're they're both awesome. Yeah, the the tavern cut is what you do the majority of the time, but they're mm-hmm. they're they're both fantastic. And he has his answer already, because you know he'll be asked about this pizza debate. He's like him saying that before. The Bears had the number one pick. Getting a jump on it. Well, it proves that he won't be pandering when he says it. You know, like, he'll be at, oh, do you like deep dish pizza? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, I told the Momentum guys back in the – you don't know them? <laughs> I told them. He's got receipts. The, he, his deep dish pizza saying. take. He's got receipts that this is this is an established thing. I wonder so, if he should get on the record on some other stuff. I guess it's late now since we already have the pick. That's what I'm saying. But like hot dog is a sandwich. Information. Yeah, like a, like a char dog. You know, where is due diligence here? This is what we're doing. Uh, I'd like he, to uh, I like to drag my hot dogs through the garden. That's just something I like. Guys, to do. he's on the show tomorrow. You know that. <laughs> Can't wait. 
sweet or hot peppers. Like at this point, I don't know if he's going to be pandering. What yeah, he's be doing, right. This exactly. Is, this is a real opinion. How wet do you like your beef? Does he even know what that sentence means? What that question means. <sighs> It'd be incredible if Shane booked him and that was your first question. No context. <laughs> How what? wet, Caleb, do you like your beef? Do you like your beef? When was that? Because he's gone silent. His dad has gone silent. His dad's not calling me back. But he's going on with the guys from Momentum Pod? Uh, no, it's, it was a while ago. a while ago. I mean, it's too bad his dad has gone silent because you and his dad had a great relationship. Long running. <laughs> like, Long standing. Got history, man. You guys used to hang out, drink a bourbon, listen to Casey Musgraves together. Like, get ready for the Caleb Williams news cycle. There's going to be all sorts of things that we didn't know about that existed that have been going on this entire time. But now that he's on our radar, like I saw the play earlier today where his running back gets stuffed behind the line of scrimmage, then he rips the ball out of his own running back's hands yes. and runs for a first down. That is an incredible play. That is an incredible play. Danny has seen it 98 times, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that play does surface on the internet before. It's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, I've, never, I've never seen anybody I saw that. a play where he was in the pocket, and a Chrysler LeBaron came <laughs> right at him. That was surprising. And he, like, sidestepped the LeBaron. And then threw a dart to Jordan Addison, if memory serves. He evaded the tiger that came out, though, after that, though, right? And I'm not talking about LSU. Did did you see the the pass that he completed to that T-Rex with the tiny arms and everything? He found a way. I don't know. I think that was dated. (laughs) Ian Eagle was on the call. It's at least 12 years ago. I'm going to put 100 bucks on it right now. Caleb Williams ends up sucking. Oh, really? What are you doing? Why? Who are you? Are, are, you, you are you still in or out on Justin Fields? I don't Dude, even remember. Stop asking me such stupid questions, all right? <laughs> You're like Tanny on Tevin Jenkins two years ago. No, Tanny was dead set on him being a bust. Well, that sounds like well, you are. I mean, he did have to apologize to the entire fan base after the he last game. So after yeah, a big that's game. not good. Tevin, don't do that. Bust back on the board. <laughs> we love Tevin on this show. We do. We do. We do. We do. Kenny, you publicly paper? said that he doesn't have any facial features. That wasn't that me. was me. Yeah, I oh. said that. Okay. Yeah, well, because it was true. Yeah, they say the mean things, not me. <laughs> Famously. Famously. <laughs> I thought maybe the most amazing thing about that T-Rex catching the ball, by the way, Shane, is that he didn't short arm it. You know what I mean? I've, I've already said I've already said something about the that length of T Rex arms. Shot, but that's okay. I mean, you, you can't give me a T Rex as a wide receiver and not expect. Wait, you already said a short I, arm. Oh, thing? Yeah, yeah, I said even oh, with those short man, arms, you found a way to fit it in there. I shouldn't have worked from home today. That's <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what is Classic. that shot? Classic. Classic Parkinson Spiegel. Make a mistake, bust toss the other guy. I don't even know what that means. I don't either, dude. It doesn't we mean don't anything. know what it means either. What did I do? Nothing. Nothing at all. And I worked from home yesterday. It doesn't mean anything. Nothing means anything. That's okay, the magic good. of this show. <laughs> That's good. Nothing means anything. They, they should put it on the tombstone of this show if and when we, if, when we ever die. Um, what we do really well, though, is make a bunch of mistakes and then make fun of our teammates when they make a hilarious mistake, which we will do next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on The Score. The elite, elite closer, um, the leverage they pitch in makes a huge difference. I mean, uh, you know, certainly when we traded for Chapman, there was a reason. It was like he was going to pitch the highest leverage innings, and we knew we were kind of one piece away from being easily the best team. Um, 
we traded Jorge Soler. He didn't have, I mean, in a, in a non-DH world, we just didn't have a place for him, but we traded him for one year away Davis on a draft pick because of the leverage he was going to pitch. So I do believe in that, but I also think that um, the most volatile position on a baseball field is, is a reliever. That was Jed Hoyer on Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw from Cubs Convention. Jed said at his press conference from Cubs Convention that they were in the fourth or fifth inning of the offseason. So whether that includes Cody Bellinger or other moves, there will be other moves. And Bruce Levine reported that the Cubs are very much interested in trading for a closer. Yeah, they had a con- they've had conversations with Cleveland about Emmanuel Classe, who's been one of the best closers in baseball for a few years now. Got two more years on his deal after this one. Well, I don't know who you're talking about because Dustin Rhodes talked about the guy who's led baseball in saves like this. Reports that the Cubs are interested in trading for the Guardians closer, Emmanuel Classe. <laughs> that dude is so classy. Guys strolling out there in a tux, just ready to <laughs> mow him down. Our guy, Emmanuel Classy. What you got a bow tie on for, man? It's painted on. It's one of those painted on tuxedos on his his jersey. I, I assume the Cubs will let him do that. Cleveland did. He had to file a uh, some paperwork to get that done. Just so nice and easy to root for. It's the kind, it's the kind of clothes that you could really bring home to mom and dad. You know, I, I'm picturing Mister Mister Peanut right now, like he's strolling out from the bullpen with the. With the big the big top hat going, and he's like, you know, flipping the cane. Mr. Peanut is not classy. He's a regular peanut that happens to have a cane, top hat, and monocle. I disagree. I've seen far less classy peanuts than that guy. Emmanuel Classy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is really great. Yeah. That is really, that happened. really He got my cat out of a tree last, last month. Yeah, it was a very classy thing. That he was, was on his way good. to dinner with his wife, and it was a classy thing to stop and help me get my cat out from the tree. <laughs> Stepped out. Yeah. That's that's really nice. It's a classy move. Yeah, a manual classy gesture. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Comped my dinner uh, at uh, Boulevard Steakhouse the other night. He wow. just saw me from across the room, and he stood up and. Well, he saw you do it for us. He was like, "I'm going to pay it for it." That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Because he knows, you know what? That guy, Maddie, classy. He's pretty good. <laughs> Emmanuel Classy. But I, Emmanuel Classy. I heard he's forfeiting his entire 2024 salary for women's rights. Wow. Very classy thing to do. Emmanuel Classy. classy. He's so classy of him. He even supports women's wrongs. Uh, You ever see uh, Emmanuel Classy? When he goes to drink his his Gatorade and the pinky is out just so. How classy. Emmanuel Classy. Uh huh. Always uses the small outside fork. On the salad course. You work your way in. Everyone knows that, especially Emmanuel Classy. Emmanuel Classy. <laughs> God doesn't have time for salmon roe. It's all about caviar like in the Classy flipping. house. Yeah, no bat flipping, no fist pumping. He just tips his cap. That's to right. The other team. <laughs> Shakes the hand of the man who hit the home run off of it. A fine job by you, sir. Very classy, Emmanuel. Excellent work. Excellent. <laughs> excellent hitting of the baseball. You got the best of me today, yes, good sir. For you, I extend congratulations. I heard last year he sends he sent thank you notes to the entire team. That he just played in that series. That is. Wow. Emmanuel Classy. Individual what, thank you notes. That's why they call he him He should that. be a Cub. I'm convinced. Yeah, you you are? You ready with, for with Emmanuel all, Classy? With all these anecdotes? Wouldn't fit on the White Sox, am I right? Okay. <laughs> Come on, dude. Like, it was. 
Say, man. We're having a nice time. <laughs> it's almost 5.52. Like, I literally forgot that they even exist yeah. for a good while there. But, then, but now you know. I remember that there is a team. You a can't team. tell me yeah. that you go from Mike Clevenger to Emmanuel Classy in one season. You need at least one buffer year. In between classy that. public service announcement to remind Shane and Tanny and the yes. rest of the audience that this is a two-team town. Like, I don't have any of my White Sox gear visible in my house. It's all Neither. tucked away. Is that true? So I, yeah, yeah. Why would I? Oh, um, just, so to, I just to deny that they exist <laughs> well, at this no, point? I'll wear it again at some point, but, like, I had forgotten they existed, and then uh-huh. you reminded me just now. There's no, there's very little reminders that the White Sox is exist there, in my house. Is there a picture named Emmanuel Classless? <laughs> That might be available. I hung all my stuff up in my guest bedroom closet, so now only my guests have to be depressed. (laughs) Welcome. Go ahead. Hang up your coat. (laughs) Bam. I'm in a better mood than you. It's terrible. No. I hate them. Emmanuel Classy. <laughs> not him, though. Pure That's a good signing, though, in fairness. Emmanuel Classy? Yeah, Cla- oh, trade. Trade, yeah, not signing. Yeah, but, you know, you don't. I mean, that Bruce had the report there and said they were asking for Cade Horton. No, the answer is no on that one. Shane, you know, Cade Horton. What the off, hell? <laughs> off limits. Yeah, I'm not giving up Cade Horton for anything. Happening. I'll tell you this, this much, though. If you want to give Shane Bieber and you want to give Emmanuel Classy, to use Dustin's parlance, you can have Ben Brown. I'll give you Ben Brown. You wouldn't do Horton for both? No, I would not. I I I think Cade Horton is is top of the line, top of the rota- rotation, I, ace material waiting to happen. I, I mean, I know that's what everyone says, and I agree that he, he seems like the closest thing that they have to untradeable. I don't think they will trade him. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, so Classy's contract is Class A. Emmanuel Classy. Thank yeah. you. A free agent in 2027, but he's got a 27 and 28 team option. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got crazy amounts of options on the back end. And even those, like, 25 and 26 years are cheap. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's a five-year, $20 million deal. Yeah. Yeah, classy well, guys don't ask for a lot of money. That's, that's right. right. I, Texter says that uh, Cleveland will trade him to the Padres so he can stay classy in San Diego. That's pretty good. Emmanuel so, Classy. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Peoria Matt wants to know if Emmanuel Classy shops at Casual Jews. <laughs> I'm not sure. That's a deep callback. 630, I hear Emmanuel Classy actually buries the bodies at his green burial service. <laughs> that is classy. Emmanuel Classy. Uh huh. Thank you for being with us for the full four hours, Texas. That's excellent work. That is good stuff out of them. God. It's good stuff out of Dustin, too. It's just that's, that's very, very strong. Um,. Joe Cowley was on the show today. Yes, he was. Tomorrow on the show, we got Jared Payton and Peter King and Dave Wanstead. That's a full show. It's Thursday already. It's unbelievable. We're almost there to mm-hmm. the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, thank you to Connor O'Donnell and Kevin Lafka, Twitch chat and video streams. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. If you missed the Dave Wanstead Sopranos two and five o'clock open it is must listen you need to check it out happy fourth birthday to my son owen the defending champion of parkins versus parkins versus spiegel happy birthday owen happy birthday mike for matt spiegel i'm danny parkins this is parkins and spiegel on the score um that was a uh that was an absolutely horrendous performance from start to finish um that was a masterpiece of dog emmanuel classy 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.